Welcome to the Transatlantic Rant, episode 8. We're moving along, it's good. Jeremy, how are you? I've got a headache. Oh. But I'm okay. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to grin and bear it. And, um, yeah. How are yeah. you? I'm good. So, that yeah, the voice is Jeremy. Jeremy's over in England. Uh, my name's Fraser. I'm in Canada. Uh, we've had a short break. Jeremy, you've been on holiday. I have. I, I should be ranting about that um, later as one of the, the rants about airlines and stuff. But it was good. It was a good break. Good. Well, yeah, it, sound, it sounds like you had a good break and uh, lots of family involved there. So, um, But I guess, yeah, we'll come to that. You're not ranting about your family, though, are you? Yeah. Oh, it's too easy, isn't it? Well, no, I just want to say they weren't, they weren't too bad. There was a load of other stuff that sort of took, took precedence over that. So um, it will be basically airlines and that whole misery that everyone will recognise straight away when I start ranting. Yeah, there'll definitely be some, some mileage in that. Um, we're going to talk about mobility scooters. That's going to get uh, get a section... Um, Even just w- saying that, that mobility scooters just makes me laugh. Yeah, I don't think you're the only one. I'm sure somebody else mentioned them as well, sent us a, an email. So, um, yeah, we'll get, definitely get onto that. Um, you also mentioned you wanted to talk about the uh, royal family and, in particular, the racy pictures of Princess Kate that came out. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll cover that, and we just both found out that we had both watched the Hunger Games, so we'll talk about that. Does that sound good? That sounds good. Yeah, I mean, for for all the gamers, they're hoping to to hear some stuff on gaming. Um, uh, I haven't played anything. Well, yeah. well, I have. You know what? I mean, maybe if we can slip in something about gaming towards the end. Okay. I did tons of stuff about gaming. I could go on for ages, but that's uh, that's fine. Yeah, okay, so I'll tell you a little story first. I I put this one down, that I went to go... Most Sunday mornings, my ritual on Sunday mornings is to cook my breakfast. Usually I take a cast iron pan and I put it on the barbecue and I cook my bacon on the barbecue in the morning. And uh, I left a tin of fat in the barbecue. So I went to... uh, I went to open the barbecue on the Sunday morning and I saw the tin of fat that I'd left in there. I thought, oh, that's not very good because there are mice around. And I looked in the tin, yep, lo and behold, something had been having a little chew, you know, scooping out the fat out of this tin. And I thought, right, okay, well, I'll just light the barbecue. Anyway, so I turned the gas onto the barbecue, you know, and I'm sitting there clicking away with the electric uh, ignition, waiting for it to click. And suddenly there's this whoomp as the barbecue lights. And the next thing I know, this poor mouse walks out of the barbecue at the back. And he comes and he stands on And normally a mouse will run away. You know, as soon as they see you. And this mouse is just sitting there looking at me, shaking. He's got no whiskers. The whole thing, He's basically been in an explosion. <laughs> and it, what made me laugh was his mouse is just sitting there. Normally they'll run away. 
and this mouse is just looking at me. And if a, if an animal could talk, this was one of those moments. He literally was looking at me, and in his eyes, he was just looking at me, saying, "What the hell was that, dude?" He was just not moving. No whiskers, poor guy. So anyway, mouse, out of my barbecue. That will teach you. Well, dog whiskers grow back, don't they? Because our our vet, I'm not our vet. Our, we have our dog um, every summer. He gets a, a strimming. And um, yeah, I keep telling them, don't touch the whiskers, and they always do the whiskers for some reason. But they they do grow back, so um, yeah. They trim right. whiskers. They, they trim them. They they try to shape the, the whiskers to his face. I mean, they're not hairdressers. Don't be touching his whiskers. I like them like that. They give him a kind of like I don't know, like he's an old RAF pilot kind of whiskers kind of like look. You know, when he's got the long ones, and they always trim them. They always trim the ones because he gets funny little ones underneath his neck that come out of moles or whatever he's got there. And yeah, I'm not sure maybe if the ones that come out of moles are sort of useful, but most whiskers are pretty useful for an animal. Yeah, they know size and stuff, don't they? Cats use them to know if they can go through certain gaps and whatever. Well, yeah, this mouse, all I can imagine is he's bumping into walls as he's trying to get home. That's if he could see. I don't even Oh, he's going to be trying to get in every hole. Yeah. We could make a joke about that, I'm sure. But, you know, I was immediately thinking of actors. I was going to do sort of like Colin Farrell. Um, he tries to get into every hole, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, right. He, I, he, sorry, I, I know because people might be, you know, but um, just very quick, his um, remake that he did of the, the, the classic Arnold Schwarzenegger, Total Recall, has kind of just come and gone. And I kind of think that we, we uh, just very quickly, we need to get past Hollywood people. If anyone is out there, stop putting small men in action roles because it's not believable. Okay, we used to believe Bruce Lee could kick anyone's head in because he made lots of like the high pitched noises that look quite tough. But we don't believe Tom Cruise, Colin Farrell, or any of those little like small types that you think or Orlando Bloom could do any sort of man stuff. Right? And that's why no one's going to watch this. So don't waste your money. Put them in some little twee rom-com, but don't put them in action films. Do you think that's why there's quite been some mileage in The Expendables? I know The Expendables 2 came out, and I've heard generally that it's garbage, but people love it. They do, mate. Yeah. Because Just because it's so outrageous. Yeah, well, you believe. I mean... I, I've I don't know if I believe. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you what, next week we'll review, because I've seen Safe, and it's wonderful, because it's safe... With the Stafe, Jason Stafe, <laughs> the Stafe like and films, it it looks as though it's been done on a budget of about fifty p. You know those sort of Jackie Chan films where you just know that they've been allowed. You know, one of the uncle's producers <clears throat> is the producer, and he's been allowed to sort of film in his in his mate's kind of like Chinese restaurant or whatever. It's kind of like that, but there's some great action in it. So do watch that. But Stafe, yeah. Stafe's believable. See, yeah, well, we love the Stafe. Yeah, you got, all got the man crush for the Stafe. You know, it's funny, you're bringing back up the actors again. I watched a movie the other day, well, called Movie Stroke Documentary from Eric Banner, who was excellent in Munich, a fantastic film. And he also did some other crap. Anyway, so he's gone and directed a film, and, he, and it's called Love the Beast, and he basically talks about how growing up in Australia when he was 15, 16, he had this old Ford Falcon, and it was a piece of junk, and him and his friends have, over the years, always, you know, since they were that age, put time into it, got together, built it up, or whatever, and then they raced it for the first time, and then, you know, 
how this car was part of his community. And you think, yeah, that's pretty good. And then it just descends into this, you know, he becomes the millionaire actor. He then gets the car, gives it to someone who completely rebuilds it, puts nitrous kits in it, makes it look amazing, changes the color of it. Then they go race it and he crashes it. And then you have this poor lamenting actor who they cut to him in New York as he's got to go to a film premiere, but he's wistfully sitting on a park bench in New York, still upset at the, you know, that his car has been crashed. And I mean, honestly, you would go off on one on this film. It is so up its own arse. It's unbelievable. Oh. It's brutal. See, Eric Banner started off his career as a stand-up comedian. That's right. Yeah, they showed a bit of that. And having seen when he was acting in The Hulk, he should have stayed as a stand-up comedian because he wasn't very good in that role. Yeah. And and neither was Edward Norton in the role either. Um, The whole thing, Edward Norton should have been, but uh, you need someone that's kind of, I I don't know, I think that's what was so good about The Old Hulk. Sorry I keep going off on tangents, but The Old Hulk was good because the guy was so sort of calm. He was like a school teacher. And then he just turned into Nutter, you know, into Hulk. And I just didn't believe those two. But Did you go see The Avengers? No, I haven't. That's on the oh, okay. list, though. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo, he's pretty good as the Hulk because he's pretty nerdy. You know, he's not cool at all or anything like that. And, that, and it basically, for most of it, he's just going, please don't get me angry. Please don't get me angry. And then when he finally goes, he's really angry. It's oh, good. Always, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we could just get diverted for anything. Yeah, we're just going right off on one. I know. So don't um, see the Eric Banner film, yeah? Yeah, don't see that unless you want to rage at your television. Yeah. Oh, my poor car. Um, okay, so let's move on then. Shall we go to... Let's get you going on your holiday then, shall we? Yeah, you don't want to do scooters. Okay, we can do scooters. Okay, the quick story behind the scooters is we I took my kids to this steam fair here in town. And uh, we went, uh, my kids are only young, five and three. And uh, we're walking along. We just get inside. And we're obviously looking around as we're walking in. And uh, this guy in a mobility scooter comes driving down. And he just doesn't see my daughter and, and hits her, you know, knocks her to the ground. And everyone around is, oh, my word, you know, stop, stop, stop. She sort of, to be fair, she was all right. She, you know, she bit shocked. She dusted herself off. She's a toughie. But um, yeah, this guy just didn't see her. You know, he's pulling, he's driving the mobility scooter. He's pulling his wife, who's attached as a trailer. Her wheelchair is the trailer back to it. So she's facing away. So she's saying, you know, sorry, what's going sorry. on? She's on a trailer. No, she, he's pulling her like a trailer in on <laughs> In her wheelchair. Oh, oh, so there was a procession. It's a convoy. A convoy. Oh, yeah. crikey. Right. So everything stopped. People are all sort of up in arms. I'm trying to sort of, it's that typical thing, you know, I'm making sure that my daughter's all right, trying to contain my rage, you know, at this sort of 80 whatever year old man who has no idea what's going on. Can I, can I just ask very quickly? When it happened, did you just want to punch him in the face? Was that immediate feeling you wanted to punch him in the face? Uh, I'm not really, no. I didn't, I'm not a punchy type person. Yeah. But I wanted, to ra- you know, I wanted to rant about it. I wanted to say something to him, you know, scre- you know, shout at him or whatever. But the problem is, you're suddenly not looking at a guy. You're looking at an old man. It's very difficult to rage at an old person who's doddery and doesn't know what's going on. Um, you know, I was angry. I was annoyed. But I kept it in check. But I don't know. It's, uh, 
I think it's one of those elements, mate, where, you know, they won't give out licenses to some of these guys to drive the cars, or, or they do, actually. I mean, we, we have often have every couple of months a story of an old person going down the motorway the wrong way and not only putting their lives at risk, but every other poor soul who's just trying to go about their business and pay their taxes to this old giver can be even longer. Um, I mean, it will all be different when I'm 80. I, I think I want to get in my car, and it's my right to get in my car and, and, and do whatever I like. But some of these people perhaps haven't ever driven or know sort of rules and regulations, and they get in these scooters, and they drive them on the roads as well. And these things are lethal. You can't really see them anyway. And then you suddenly get this little old gift, and they go fast. You want to realize these things go fast. You know, they're zooming off. They're on a little like, jet stream sort of like thing, shooting off into the distance. You know, and this is the other thing is they've got the kind of like, um, they feel they've got the right of way as well on, the, on these things. You know, like the woman who's just had a baby that, and is screaming all the time and they think they have the God-given right to run you over with a pram because they've got a pram and they've had sex and they've produced something. It's exactly the same sort of situation with these old gifts that they get into these carts and they don't really know what they're doing and more how quickly they go. Or they think they have a right just to zoom about. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think being on the road is fine. Um, really? Because well, the only other alternative is to well, I mean, the other alternative is to either be on the pavement or the sidewalk, which is you know just as bad, which is bad if not worse. Or the alternative is to get rid of them. But I mean, you can. That's going a little bit far right there. Well, the other alternative is for them to stay at home and and, and not do that. Well, yeah, there is that. So, but I mean, yeah, she he didn't know what was going on. He had no idea. He just didn't see her. I mean, she's small, yes, but still, you, you know, you're going, what? The irony was not lost on me that we were on a steam fair, and there's me looking around, you know, at 20, 30, 40 ton massive things that move at 0.1 miles an hour, making loads of noise. And we didn't even think to look out for the mobility scooter, which is, <laughs> which is like a Formula One race car in this area, you know. <laughs> oh, no. oh, dear. I've just, did he have a baseball cap on? I saw so many of the, in America when I was there of really obese people, and they get them, don't they? So you just basically got an elephant wedged into these, these scooter things. They got the kind of like baseball cap and the shorts and those big old elephant legs sort of sticking out. And they're always really pale as well. They're always big. And, that, and that, I think rather than wear sort of voluminous jackets, they use their big pale fat legs so that people can see them coming in these things. Um, yeah, no, he wasn't... Uh I don't know. I can't remember. I don't think he did have a hat on. He wasn't obese. He was just old. But is he allowed to take his wife in convoy as well? Is he? <laughs> I don't know. What was bizarre was the fact that she, cause of course, he's pulling her and she's facing the other way, right? Because he's pulling her backwards. So she's latched onto the back backwards onto his scooter. So she can't see what's going on. All she knows is the convoy stopped and there's a few people dancing and jumping up and down. So she's sort of saying, what's going on? What's going on? And what did annoy me was the git. What the git did was he didn't say to her, oh, I've just mowed down a child. (laughs) (laughs) He said to her, oh, oh, she's fallen over. The little girl's fallen over. She hasn't fallen over. You've plowed into her. That's it. Even, even, even in those little things, men don't like to admit anything's their fault, do they? It's like when you get in a car and you've, you've ever had an accident. Well, yeah. You know, one, it's your fault. Kind of no, like. well, it's good advice. You know, I, followed, I had an accident. I plowed into the back of someone a few months ago. And uh, 
absolutely categorically my fault. I, there is, you know, allegedly. Right? If it, I've still got to go to court. <laughs> but, yeah, you know what? All I could think about was, no matter what, do not say to him, it was your fault. Do not say to anyone it's your fault. You know, like, never talk to the police, never admit it's your fault, even if it absolutely is 100% cast iron, I'm guilty, Judge. But I thought the insurance companies, they, they, they breathe it, read it into you from an early age that you have to say it wasn't your fault. It wasn't my fault. You just came out and you hit me. And mm. So, obviously, this I'll give a thought that in, in our very uh, libelous and, and litigation and rest of it kind of environment that you might sue him. So, that's probably me that thought, I haven't done anything. She's just under the wheel, squealing. What is that? <laughs> nothing, dear. Just keep going. What is that? No, nothing. Well, yes, he may be very smart, you see. So he's quite a smart old giffer, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, maybe not shouting it wasn't my fault, but certainly maybe, you know, don't say it was my fault. Um, so, yeah, there was that. Anyway, so, yeah, but she dusted herself off. She was fine. Then we went off, and I bored them senseless at, at looking at steam engines. Oh, the poor I know, but look how look what's happened. I've You're been doing exactly what my dad used to do, mate. Where you go and take your kids to stuff that interests you. And my dad used to take me around war museums from the age of about four upwards, and we never had any interest. We'd just be sitting outside while he spent hours. And he's one of these people that reads every little plaque and every little detail in the little like glass cases and every part of you know the little historical books that you can flick over and whatever. Every bit. And we'd be there three or four hours later, starving. It was always raining as well. We always had Peter Stone Max that didn't keep any of the rain out. And then he'd finally come and go, did you enjoy that? And I'd just be looking at him like, you better get some inheritance for me when, when this is all done. We, you yeah, but I, inheritance. I, I understand it, though, because, you know, I've got the kids for at least one day every weekend when my wife works. And I have to do something like going to the park, play park. That bores me. You know, so if there's a fair on, we'll go to that. Um, of course, I won't pay for them to ride anything. I'm too tight. So, uh, <laughs> no, no, you can go ride the swings at the park when I take you there in a month's time. Here's a hoop and a stick. Off you yeah. go. Yeah, well, it's old-time fun, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. but, well. uh, yeah. So, yeah, well, she's all right. So, she's yeah, she's fine. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so I don't... Uh, Did he apologise? No, I can't remember. I don't he know. He didn't apologise. He might have done. I can't remember. By that oh, point, I was just getting... they living too long, all these old people, honestly. They are. Uh, let's just say it. They are living too long. We, we, and, and to be honest, in the UK, there's now a policy, and it's an unwritten policy, but it's a policy that happens in the HS, where our doctors, shall we say, and this is just... This is just if anyone's listening out there and you're from the, the, the professional healthcare profession... Um, this isn't my opinion. This is just something that's on the grapevine that's out there. So don't you be getting near your legal stuff. But there is a, a, a thing where um, doctors, let's should we say, don't go the, out of their way if an old gif is kind of like, you know, if there's other things that need doing, old people become like seconds, like, you know, in the line, shall we say. And and because they, they sort of feel I could put all this energy in trying to keep this this 80 year old or 90 year old going or I've got some 30 year old who's been in a car accident and I where are my resources going to go to and you're obviously going to think well you've got to go for the, you know, the younger generation sort of thing and I understand that but there's a big kind of hoo-ha about it at the moment 
And I have to say that I, I do believe, and I'll probably be totally anti this when I'm 80 and soiling myself and driving the scooter and having kids rolling around in the underwheel carriage bit, you know, just them all stuck to them screaming and they're <laughs> on death to their, to their pain. <laughs> Putting the windscreen wipers off, they, <laughs> removing the lids. Nothing. I'm just mowing down another one. What's that, dear? Nothing. You know, I've got the missus in the back. A whole convoy. You know, you, you'll probably move back to England by that point, and there'll be eight of us in convoy, all of you just attached to me, because I'll have some sort of souped-up tractor with you all on the back. Um, but, yeah, I just think that people are. You know, we've got to start thinking, you know, we're developing so many drugs, and people are. This is a whole different sort of kettle of fish, but I, I do believe that, you know, we are... We are. We, we're providing too many facilities, I suppose, for our old giffers, and that's probably quite a contentious topic. And if you feel against it, do rant and say, "My granddad's ninety. He's got all his faculties, and he's great, and he fought in ten world wars." And all this, like, yeah, all right, but they're still living too long. Yeah, I'm not sure quite what you're trying to say there. What are we? Well, I just think, <laughs> are we supposed to be stopping looking after old people? No, I, I don't think they should just leave them in a home to sort themselves. What I'm saying is that our our, our world is becoming incredibly populated and we need to we need to have either a, a, a plague or we need something else to, to cut it all down again you know we, we, and we're allowing old people and i'd probably bung in some other people into that category that we could probably get rid of at the same time but i just think that we, we've got to start thinking i don't know i've been too contentious i'll have to stop there but i, I just sort of think that old people are too long and they're, they're, they're doing that we're, we're enabling them at an age where their reaction times um, and the way that they are and they're stuck in the mud kind of like, oh, big got sort of attitude that we, we just have to be just putting up with them. And I just don't think you should be putting an 80-year-old who's probably deaf and blind in a scooter or behind a car. You know? No, well, yeah, okay. Dave, that, on yeah. that dark note. <laughs> <laughs> Get them on. Get them the bad drugs. Old um, people, yeah, kill them at birth. Yes. Um, okay, so uh, let's move on to ho- to holidays then. So you, we had a hiatus. You went away on holiday. Yes. Yeah, I finally got a, a chance to sort of go away, and, and I think if anyone was has been following these, um, without putting too fine upon it, I went away with my parents. I went away with my parents. Um, they came to help. Basically, I've got a young kid, and they, they came along to sort of help out. And, you know, they're not getting any younger. And, and I haven't managed to kill them off yet. <laughs> um, they came with us to sort of enjoy this this, this villa that we've got. And um, my wife's uh, parents came along as well, dad and stepmom. And, and we all thought it would be a nice opportunity to spend some quality time uh, with the, the grandson and in a nice place. And that's all good because that's all great, you know. And, and that part worked really well. We all got on. To a certain extent, I, I realised one thing. This is, this is before I start my rant on airlines. Just very quickly, is that men can't sit still when they're on holiday, can they? They have to be doing something. So you sit on beaches, and men are just building sort of things out of wood or, or collecting stones and building stacks of stones because they can't just lie there. They can't just relax. And I realised that I must be the exception to the rule because I just lie there and do nothing and read a book but my dad was just itchy he had to go and do something he had to get in the sea he had to go and do blah 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 he had to go and build little like rock things he had to go on a big walk he did this massive walk for about an hour up to the top of this hill to go and see a nunnery 
right? And he walks all the way up there and he said, look, if I'm not back by a certain time, you come and get me. And this is in the baking heat. So he set off and I made sure he got some water and his little rucksack and off he went. Because he couldn't sit still and there was nothing there. We ended up going to get him and we went to see the place and it was basically a fence. He'd walked for an hour in 30 degree heat to go and look at a fence. Um, and when we got him, he looked like a, a lobster. He was sweating. He was out. It was horrendous. <laughs> I mean, bless him, he's 70. Yeah, see, I'm the same camp as your dad, though. I can't sit and do nothing. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll just, like, I've, I've got to go for a walk. I've got to go look at that uh, tarmac processing plant that's over there next to the sea inlet. Um, so, yeah, I understand that. I, I don't I, know. I, I, can't, I can't sit there and do nothing. Oh, you can, can't you? No. Oh, God, I can. I could just lie mm. there and just basically get burned, read a book, listen to some tunes, and that's it. Um, but they, they, both the dads had to plot and plan where they were going to be going next to go and see stuff. And I'll tell you what, we did more in two days because we've gone there twice before than we've ever done. I mean, we were going all over the place. Not that we wanted to, but we kind of felt we had to because um, to, to, they, they had to go and see all this stuff. It's almost like a checklist of stuff they had to see. And I just thought, I don't care. You know, I'm not interested. It's like when you go to people go to cities. It's like, why, do you go, why are you going to visit a city? We're going to go and see a show. Great, but all cities are the same. They've got some big, tall buildings, a lot of congestion. They're generally all quite smelly. There's not, you know, what is there to see in the cities? And yeah. No, I agree. But um, anyway, so, so as most things, I'm a bit premature. And um, I should have actually been talking about airlines. And that's where the core, that's the nucleus, that is the kernel of this rant comes from. And it's 21st century flying. And I can say that nothing has changed since the Wright brothers got on a little manky old bit of wood, scooted off for a bit of a distance, and then came back down again because of that. They have not evolved flying. It's the most stressful, shitty part of having to go anywhere. And, and I think it's the part that everybody realises and dreads now, that once they get to the airport, and that's if you can find it, that... It's just going to be that hell for about five or six hours until you get finally to the other end, get on your bus or your car, car or whatever you're doing, and then finally get to the resort. It's just hideous. And I should explain why. Um, we, we booked into, I did a cheap and cheerful, I booked into the summer special car park. I should have realised that it wasn't going to be special because it had special in the title. And we get there at four in the morning, and anyone who's got kids, the amount of stuff, that you have to take. I mean, it was like the Imelda Marcos, like suitcases of nappies and food. And it was like there was going to be an apocalypse and we were going to try and survive it by the amount of stuff that we took. So we had tons and tons of shit. Um, a, a car seat, because I didn't want to get one of the Greek car seats because I thought they would be crap. So we, we, we took a car seat and the pram. <laughs> and the yeah, seat. the car seat. The- you just, but if you go speak to your parents who are on holiday with you, they weren't using the car seat when you were a baby. No, you just they didn't have car seats then. No, you'd just be held, wouldn't you? That's the big baby lie, though. I mean, okay, there's no denying that a car seat is good. I think there was a, some some study on it. You know, it's not the, you know, car seats are very important. You know, but the reason you know car seats are extremely important is because they just strap kids in. You can take it to the nth degree, it doesn't matter. But as long as you secure children in a car, it's like seatbelts, it, hurt. it, it hurts, it helps. So. <laughs> you use them as a, as, 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 a, 
inflatable bag, don't you? Just he goes, oh, quick, grab the baby. Well, it's just, just sorry. That just put, just goes me over to the rant of you know before we had kids. Is is this sort of mystified, you know, the whole industry of of babies and whatever throws at you all these things that you have to have and have to be aware of and have to be worried about. But really, oh, you know, but really, when that baby comes, just make sure that you're feeding it. You know, feed it, keep it a little bit clean. You know, you haven't got your three hundred dollar crib it doesn't matter you can put them in a box and they'll sleep in a box um you don't have to panic no you but, don't. but you do that's the thing that's the thing you, you do you take everything and we took everything we took so many back we almost took stuff that was kind of if a greek person had opened it and said well do you not think we have nappies do you not think we have this do you not think we have such a we took everything all these special little prepared meals almost in these um very expensive. They are so expensive as well, but they, they, they look as though they've come out of sort of a NASA space mission kind of like thing. The food that they have, they're in these little silver packets and they're all liquidized sort of a roast beef dinner and what have you. So we had loads and loads of that stuff. But, okay, so we got a lot of luggage, okay, six or seven cases of stuff. God knows why we took all of it, but we're having to carry it because there's only two of us because we're meeting my folks basically on the plane. Um, because my dad's got a fear of flying and he literally does turn into the Incredible Hulk. He goes into like a panic kind of like weirdness that none of us seem to be able to control unless you dose him with alcohol. But So we get to this summer special. It's absolutely ram. There's a queue for an hour to just give your keys in. And then there's a queue to actually get onto the uh, the bus, which is rammed as well. And there's all... Of, and it's, you have to what run, keys? What you keys to, are you giving in? The car keys. We go and park in this car park thing. It's a summer special car park just outside of Gatwick. If you're out there, anybody who's listening, you'll run some special. Don't just sit there dilly-dallying while you're in there. Because what we did is we did, and I saw this an awful lot, it's called the English murmuring. And the English don't out loud, they don't, they're not big, booming, like, ranters. We're all kind of between us. And then we'll have a little bitch in our little circles about the length of time it's taking and why haven't they got more staff on and why aren't they being quicker about getting our keys and why can't we get on the bus and why we can etc etc so after an hour and a half and us almost looking at the time thinking we're never going to make a flight we've spent so long to hand our keys in to get on the special bus that um we're not going to get there so we, we we get there then and i don't know if you have this in, in canada but Nothing signposted. Nothing is logically signposted. All I want to know is is departures. Oh, yeah, we have all the signposts. They're just in French. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) And English. No, it's all right. That's another rant for another day. (laughs) Well, these ones might have been been written in Turkish because they don't lead you anywhere. So you're going up and down in the the list trying to fly where where your airline departure is. And this is the other thing is that BAA or whoever runs this god-awful airport need to work out and decide is that if you're going to have loads and loads of airlines paying you a considerable amount of money to use your facilities, and I use that in inverted commas, have signposts saying, this is Aer Lingus, this is such, such, this is such, and such. Have, this is BA, this is Virgin, so we know where to go to. There's none of that. You just have an aisle. You look on an old black-and-white screen trying to find where your flight is. So we do all of that. Then we have the whole palaver of security, and it just drives me insane. Start profiling. I don't care if you think it's racist or there's going to be a minority people who are going to start moaning. Start 
profiling people. If you've got a man and a woman and a young babe, I think you can probably safely say that they're not going to be blowing up the plane. Okay? And if they do, then to be honest, it's probably a fate of evolution that these fuckers are wiped out anyway, because if they're going to use their kid as pawns for their own end, then they're evil. And if they take a couple more people out, as tragic as it is, be that will be a rarity. Start profiling. <laughs> <laughs> so wait a second. Sorry, we're we'll just going. Can I just go back there and just cover that point for a second? So, <laughs> first of all, they shouldn't be profiling you as you're walking through with yes. your wife and your child, even though you have the look on your face that you want to blow up and kill everyone in the airport. <laughs> well. Well, by that point, yeah, if you've done, if you've done the, the thing, then and this is the other thing, you know, you're getting people that just sort of got so frustrated with the airlines and say they're going to blow them up, and then they started getting sued, you know, or, or they were taken to court to be imprisoned because they were saying that, you know, in, in a jokey capacity. I mean, I, I would never ever joke at an airline about that. Let's get that point very, very clear. For you. The point is, what I'm trying to make is, is that certain people are just not going to be playing bombers, all right? And you need to start weeding them out, and you also need to start saying, okay, you've got some liquid, sir. I want you to shake it up and down. Go into this, this is what I'll do. You have a separate room, yeah? It's a steel-encased room, and anybody who wants to take liquids in there, they go in there, and in front of somebody with all cameras, they shake the bottle, they drink it, etc., etc. They're allowed to take their bottle in. This is a big scam by the airlines to keep this over-security bullshit in place. Because all they're doing is they're ensuring that we have to buy their overpriced water and drinks, food and everything else that's in there. That is the scam. And when someone said, you don't need to keep doing this like, situation, getting everybody to like, empty their liquids and do all the rest of it, suddenly, miraculously, the US managed to find a bomb in a printer cartridge. Right, do you remember that? If you'll cast your minds back, you might remember they found a bomb in a printer cartridge. Since then, they haven't found shit. It just happens to so nicely coincide with the fact that someone's actually complaining that security was far too tight at the airport that they suddenly managed to find something. And we're like, oh, gosh, they are doing a good job. They're doing a very good job. We better, better forget all of that then and, and, and go back to standing in a long queue for an hour with your shoes off, your belt off, your trousers hanging down to your ankles, a baby screaming on your shoulder, you're trying to carry a pram and all the other stuff that you've got just to get in onto the plane. So you go through all of that palaver. Then this is another thing that they do, is that, and again, because there's too many airlines that are all flying from Gatwick, is they make you walk about three miles to get to your plane now. It's absolutely fucking ridiculous. So you're looking at the time and think, oh, I've got 20 minutes, I could just get a coffee or I could get a... No, no, that's going to be spent walking to the place. I might as well walk to, to, to Greece, to be quite honest, because the amount of time it takes to try and get to your, your, your plane... It's ridiculous. Give us, give us a little cart. Stop putting the old people in the carts and get the young people who haven't left enough time to get on the plane. And as you put them in the carts and get them to their destinations so they can get on there. Okay. Yeah. Now, I'm just going to ask you, I'll just interrupt you there. Sorry, mate. Did you take advantage of any of the, uh, uh, take advantage of having a, a baby? Because I know when we used to travel with the babies, you get to the, they bring you to the start of the queue for boarding the plane. They bring you to, you could, jump immigration and they would get you through straight away no oh you're missing the out cutest looking thing as well i could have literally just used them as like a little adverts go look let me through baby had sex look what happened let me through no not none of that um so no we didn't mate and we literally got on there when when the plane was you know, boarding my my dad looked up and apparently he'd been bitching and moaning that i was always late for everything to the woman in front 
and she just got up and she told him that she hoped he wasn't staying at her hotel because she didn't want some wimpy <laughs> 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 So I come on in a big sweat because we've literally had to run the whole way there. I've just been conned out of loads of money because I literally the exchange rate, they screw you as soon as you're in there because you're like you're trapped in a in a, in a, in a spider's web of, of, of bullshit of having to pay loads and loads of money for some smelly old god awful food. And let's face it, you never have any culinary delights, do you, in airports? It's disgusting, shoveled piss that they feed you. Um, and so I got conned out of forty quid, which my dad loved to keep reminding me throughout the whole thing that if I'd gone through his people got his exchange rate, I'd have been forty quid up. Anyway, <laughs> by the by. <laughs> That's the dad's job. That is, that's, that is, isn't it? Just to sort of hit you with the, 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 the shit. But anyway, we ran on, we got on the plane. And then, I don't know about you, but the, the whole thing of being in a plane, you're like, then like a little bird, little newborn in a nest where you're sort of squawking up. And they come along and they sort of give you the food and you're squawking again. And then you come and you get some water and you squawk again and you get such such. We're all little birds in our little nest is waiting for our, our um, stewardess mother birds to kind of feed us while we're cramped into these seats and that's the other thing you're so greedy you fuckers you give us half an inch of leg room in there you literally the most idle situation is to be a dwarf on a plane because if you've got someone obese next to you they're not going to bother you too much you've got plenty of leg room you're literally in first class if you're a dwarf there are some benefits out there for our little people uh, <laughs> of being small because you don't get wedged in and the other thing is, is that, and this is a new thing that they've done, and this never used to happen before, is that, um, well, when I've seen it, it's immediately when you're in the air, they then start bringing out the trolleys and everything else to you. There was always used to be, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I always remember you'd have half an hour where they would let people go to the toilet, do what they need to do, etc., etc. But no, they literally, you're up in the air, they start bringing out the trolleys, they then chuck everything you've got to pay for these days as well. Everything. If you want a drink, you've got to pay for it. If you, people might also remember when um, one of the airlines actually wanted to charge people going to the to go to the toilet. I won't mention them, but they did. Um, but we had a new our son that filled his nappy. He's just filling them regularly, and as babies get older, they get smellier and they become from sort of nice sort of dainty sort of like breastfeeding nappies, which are kind of like you know, they don't smell. They're kind of all right. Absolutely shit stain seeping out the sides, kind of like barrel of monkey fucking shit coming out of the pads. And so he had that, and it was going on my wife, and I was trying to get past, and they had the trolley that they wouldn't let us through, and these miserable bitches. They're all miserable now as well, aren't they? They're all, because they're flying so many flights, and we're all wedged into these seats, and everyone's miserable because they've had to go for the whole Gatwick Heathrow, whatever experience it is. And so they wouldn't move the trolley around. So I'm holding him, and he's not getting any lighter, and I'm not getting any younger, waiting for them to move their trolley and overcharge people for a small little can of Coke that, again, if you were a small little person, that's ideal for you, isn't it, those little Cokes? And their meals are ideal for you, but they're not ideal for anybody else. You're gauging your whole business plan for small little dwarf people and not for big humans, big legs. Yeah, see now you're on the wrong. What you you you, uh, you can identify a number of problems here. First of all, these people, the airline stewardesses and stewards or whatever, they're doing that run back and forth from Gatwick to to Magaluf, Gatwick to Portugal or Gatwick to Spain or wherever it's going to be. I mean, what? Can, you, can you imagine? 
and you, the people they have to deal with on these package holidays, back and forth, people just drunk, annoyed. It's, it's got to be a, thankful, a thankless task. I don't care. They signed up for it. They have signed up to do that role. And I paid, and we went on a Thomas Cooks, who basically everyone's kind of Middle England. Daily Mail reading kind of like, you know, um, shirt and V-neck sweater types. Um, I'm not including myself in that. Um, but <laughs> Everybody <laughs> except you. Everybody except me. Um, they should expect that. And, and, and uh, to be honest, that whole thing is such a miserable, loathsome experience. I hate it. I hate that. I don't mind being up in the air. I'm not scared of flying or anything like that. I just hate that whole experience where you are just wedged in to these seats because they're maximizing their profits by cramming as many people as they possibly can. And you know the other thing is, is that you can't actually now, on the flight that we go, went on, unless you get there, and if you're you're like my parents, you get there or you pay extra, sit together. It's just chance. If you get there early and you get, they'll, they'll allocate you a seat, but the chances are that you have to pay now. So I paid on the way back to ensure that we were sitting together and luckily they had actually sat us together but that's not taken as red so the whole experience now has become give us your money they might just take you in there fleece you of everything that you've got in your pockets while they go along kick you out the other end and just as you're getting out your shirt is being tucked in and ripped off your back kick you out onto the grease tarmac go there you go that's your flying experience because it's shit <laughs> It is, mate. It's just a miserable, god-awful, loathsome experience that we all contend with and we all put up with as though we don't expect anything. It's like cooking in the 70s or whatever. We never expected anything better than a bit of steak and chips. And even that would be burnt. And do you remember steaks when you used to eat them when you were younger? They used to be so burnt. That's how you wanted them. <laughs> Give me my steak. I want it burnt to charcoal. Now we have it lots of blood. The thing's literally just been cut off a cow's ass and it's given to you. This now is whole yeah. experience. Well, the, I agree with you. The golden age of flying is gone. I mean, I can remember when we flew as kids. You know, you got a lot. Well, you know, you got a lot of attention, and there always, well, there always seemed to be a lot more space. But that's because I was the size of a dwarf back then. Um, but I don't know. I fly quite a lot, but I do the do do the transatlantic flight, and it's never too bad. You know, I, what's nice is I'm always flying over to England on my own because my wife and the kids go ahead of time, and. Uh, you know, in the last couple of times I think I've been, I've been on my own. And there's nothing better than flying on your own without anyone else. At first it sounds like it's a little bit lonely, but you're never held up by anything. You can go do what you want. You're never trying to look for more than one seat anywhere. You're completely flexible when you sit down on the plane, you know. Oh, is that um, you can go to the toilet when you need to. You don't have to wait. You're not, you just look after the luggage while I go off and do blah, blah, blah. You just take stuff with you. I yeah, it's none of that, mate. That whole sort of thing where you used to come there and, and the stewardesses used to be half decent looking, and you know, uh, the whole experience was 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 something that was to be sort of savoured. And you thought, oh, this is special because it was so expensive to fly. Let's go back to the days when it was expensive to fly. You know, stop hammering us for every little thing. The fact that you have to pay for your drink, the fact that you have to pay for your food, you have to pay for your seat. Etc. Etc. It's just outrageous. You know, you've just made the whole thing miserable and money grabbing. Well, it's just as accessible to so many people now, isn't it? But um, you know what? Anyway, so I'm going to move us on, if that's okay. 
think you're I just wanted to one? mention one one last thing. <laughs> Go on. Right? Car hire. When when you're showing your cars, I, I booked us a Volvo V60, brand new looking thing, because right? I wanted a safe car and also something that was really big um, to, to to drive around Greece because I had my parents and the wife and the kid and all the rest of it. I get there and I get a battered old Vauxhall, right? And when I kept saying, I actually asked for a Volvo V60, I said, oh, no, it's something similar, something similar. And I said, that's not similar. A Volvo V60, which you have in your picture, which is brand new, and I was like, it is, you know, I would drive a Volvo. They just drive by some of the dullest noits in the world, but when it's something safe, to this scratch thing. So for, I wasn't going to get another car because that's all they had. Um, it was that they just gave me this big uh, Vauxhall beast, Awful car, awful see, car. You're, see, now that's a problem because what you, what's happened there is it'd be all right getting a Volvo, wouldn't it? Because it's quite a luxury car, a Volvo. So you're on your way, you're thinking, well, at least at the end of all this, I get to get into the luxury Volvo. Yeah. A quality car. Yeah. Sort of, you know, that's open for debate, whatever. But really perceived as a quality car. And then you get a Vauxhall. I know, mate. And I, I've got to say something else as well, that something that happens. My parents are there. My uh, in-laws are there. Um, I told them to get into the queue straight away to, to get their car. So my father-in-law's gone and got his car, and he's got um, a Volkswagen Golf. Lovely little thing. So he's saying, oh, what are you getting? And I said, oh, I'm getting a Volvo V60. So I get in the queue for um, Hertz. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, the last two times I've gone to Greece, I've... Um, I've gone with Hertz, and it literally, it, it does hurt. It, it is painful. Oh. Because, sorry, you guys, you need to get your, 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 your account managers or whoever looks after your PR, go over there and see how, for standing for an hour to get your car, how painful it is. So I'm standing in this queue, and I'm chatting to this guy, and I said, you know what? I said, I'm sure I booked with another car company. I said, because I had to wait this long last time. And then the next person is dealt with for 15 minutes. And then you always get the old giffer that's asking 15,000 questions about the car and all the rest of it. And you just want to get your car, get your kid and your parents and such. I said, get over to where you're staying. But no. So I'm staying in the queue anyway. Eventually, after three quarters of an hour, and my dad coming over and moaning at me, and my father-in-law coming over and reminding me that he's getting a Volkswagen Golf, and what am I getting? And I don't know what I'm getting. I'm saying I'm getting a Volvo V60. I'm getting whatever I'm getting. Okay, he buggers off. He thinks he's helping. He's not. Um... And I get to the woman and she said, all right. And she looks at my piece of paper. She goes, well, you're not supposed to be picking up your car from next till next week. I said, no, no, I'm picking up this week. No, no, no next week. She goes, and no, you're, you're with Eurocar. They're next door. I went, what? And she goes, this is 2011. And I'm looking at the piece of paper. She's looking at my piece of paper. And not only have I given her, because I couldn't find that the documentation, so I just printed it on everything. I'd searched through my Gmail account and I pulled out the, the wrong documentation. I'd given her my one from last year, thinking, therefore, that I was going with Hertz, so I wasn't. I then give her the second piece of paper. She goes, oh, no, you are. No, no, you're with Eurocar. There was no one in the Eurocar queue at all. So I had stood three quarters of an hour in the wrong queue. With no, and and, and, and cause there's always another thing. You can do. This is a little handy hint. Because they're obviously these jobs are fairly miserable, be as nice as possible. And every time I've been a nice to these Greeks, they've always upgraded me, so I've always got like a Jeep or something or other. Anyway, so I go into my Eurocar queue, and the woman's going, oh yes, blah, blah, blah. And uh, yes, and so I go out with her, 
and she shows me this white voxel, and I'm saying to this isn't the Volvo V6, and we've had that argument. And then we spend 10 minutes while we go around, and you have to do the scratch kind of like analysis. Now, some people would probably say, oh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. I'll take it. I don't. I think, oh, no, they're going to screw me over. I've just put down a 1,000 euro deposit on this. So we spent 10 minutes clicking off on this little bit of paper, just going, see, and I did, I don't know, she wasn't Spanish, she's Greek, I don't know what, yes, it's Greek, ticking off the little things all the way around the car. So literally, the whole of the piece of paper was just like an ink blob. Because this thing had been so badly battered to fuck by all the incompetent imbeciles who'd been driving it. So yeah, I don't put much mileage in those. I know we went to, uh, I went to rent a car. Um, a load of us were going down to the States. And, uh, he goes and takes me out. He goes, yeah, here you go. Just sign this. And I said, uh, you know, aren't we going to do the walk around? He goes, yeah, whatever. And I said, you know what? I wouldn't mind if you just made a note of this. <laughs> and I took him around to the other side where the whole other side was smashed in. <laughs> you know, you might want to put a cross on there about that one. If you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that it's only got three wheels. Well, I brought it back only with three wheels. We had a puncture on the way back, so I put the spare on. Um, uh, yeah, it's brutal, man. I feel your pain there. So it, it's, it's it's just not pleasant, mate. And, no. and that and to be honest, once we got there, all was good. It was that that was the pain. Yeah, and then you got to go back. Then you got to so, go back. Yeah. Okay. Um, good. Well, at least you got there safe and you made it back safe. So It was a good holiday, I have to say. Don't get me wrong, it was all good. Moving along, Royal Family, Kate Middleton's been in the press this week or last week with something I didn't find particularly at all interesting. These nude photographs, like nude photographs, some paparazzi scum, can't respect anyone's privacy. and We all saw them. Oh, you've seen them? Yeah, oh yeah. Well, they're all over the internet. I mean, you tell me you can't find anything on the internet. I don't believe you. Um, you know, there they are. Fine, no big deal. I mean, I saw in the, in the, uh, that they were putting an injunction on the French papers on them printing, you know, or demanding the photograph. Too late, man. Genie's out of the bottle. You know, those photographs are everywhere. I know, while everyone's wives and partners are going, oh, it's, you know, it's just horrendous. It's such and such. Their husbands and boyfriends are secretly on Google trying to find it to see what, <laughs> what she might have. Yeah, and that's fair. And you know what? Of course, right? You're going to go, well, I'm going to have a look, right? Yeah, you're going to have a look. Don't yeah. try and, you know, putting the genie back in the bottle, that's not going to happen. Going after the paper that printed them, fine. You know what? You have my full support. Sue the crap out of that paper for millions of pounds of damages. You have my full support, do it, because I think there's no way in hell any paper should be allowed to print that. That's absolute, you're on private property, you're doing your own thing, and there's a certain level of morality and taste that once again, some scumbag paparazzi thinks that he can get away with, you know, just there's no morality there in doing that whatsoever. Sue him personally. Sue him and sue the paper. Oh, they are. They're, They're going after him, but... I have to say that, um, and they've, they've tried to they've tried to justify it by saying that the house is on the side of a road. And yeah, you can see the house from about a mile away. They had specialist equipment to zoom in. They were after these pictures. And I think in France, you've I, I like certain French people, and then as certain French people, I don't. But 
you, you, oh God, without being too libelous here, your French paparazzi and other scum were the cause of this young man's mother's death, right? In that country. Now, the fact that he's even still honouring your country by visiting the place and staying there after everything that happened and pretty much fucked his life up for the rest of the, you know, the rest of his life by what happened. And you still are doing that in your magazine for, uh, and using him as a target and his missus is, is horrendous. Okay, that is horrendous. I think we all agree on that. But, and there's a large but here, I can't help the fact or keep thinking about the fact that they should have been a little bit more savvy about the fact that this could potentially happen. She would have security men wandering around her. They would have a presence there. Would she, why is she topless when they've got security men around there? I'm not saying that you know, she's on private roles, does what she likes. Of course she can. But there is a chance that helicopters, etc., etc. <laughs> there is a naivety there that is so staggering. I find it incredible that he, they should have known better. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I did think that. I was like, you know, you really, you know, you're, you're in the public eye. It's probably not best to be nude sunbathing. Yeah. You know what? There might be one of those things that as the princess, as a real princess, you might want to reconsider topless sunbathing. Yeah. And getting your ass out as well. There's another picture where he's kind of a pants are down. I mean, she's not wearing much at all. Bless her, is she? Um, uh, I don't know. I can't remember. I didn't. I didn't look at him in that much detail. Yeah, he's kind of rubbing her ass, and you sort of see that. I, I mean, these are obviously a young couple together. A bit of randiness going on there. I personally, if my wife was there and I had some ex SAS men wandering around the building, I'd probably say to her, you, might want to keep your top on, and I'd probably say to her, your princess is going to be some scumbag with a very long telescopic lens. He's going to probably be taking pictures of you. Then, and this is another but as well. Um, let it go. It's happened, okay? When you start making a big deal out of it, like Ryan Giggs did when he tried to get a court injunction to prevent a story coming out about him basically bonking his brother's wife, <laughs> and your whole reputation is then torn to shreds because of that, and I can understand what you're trying to do, mate, but you did it. You were doing it for years. It just wasn't just a little drunken fun, but you were knocking off his wife for years, allegedly. Um, by you creating this enormous storm, you, all you're doing is highlighting what happened. You are highlighting massively, and now you're going after this reporter, and you're going after the, the Italian reporters, and you're going to go after the Irish press, all the rest of it. You're just creating a bigger story. You should have just gone, I got out my two flat titties um, and my little ass. Um, I'm a princess. Um, I should have known better. I've just now... And the other thing is, is that... And people need to realise this, is that the, and, and two kids should know this, is you have scanners, you can take a picture on your phone and send it to all your mates of the magazine, you can do whatever, that stuff it will just go out like lightning. Everyone's yeah, of course it will. I, no, yeah, of course it will. And that's why I said, you know, the genie's out of the bottle, that's too late. There's nothing you can do whatsoever. Yeah. You know, you can't get the negatives back. It's not like the old days, right? Destroy the negatives and everything will be all right. That's not going to happen. But they absolutely definitely should go after the press go after the newspaper go after the photographer who took them sue the press for printing them and take the photographer to court for invasion of privacy absolutely mate absolutely bleed him dry so he becomes a pauper and he has to go around and wash her pool or do something i don't know yeah, yeah. seriously yeah. well if that is the extent of your life 
And that's what you do is go around and just try and leech and live off other people's, you know, uh, it's just unbelievable. I just can't believe, you know. But you're quite angry about this one, aren't you? I think it's quite funny. <sighs> I think that the level of naivety is just astronomical. Really. I agree with the level of naive, naivety in that argument too, but I just cannot understand the mindset. You know, how do you wake up in the morning and justify, I do a worthwhile job, if you're a, a, that sort of photographer, chasing that sort of thing, you know? Because, mate, but the money is there. That's the problem, because there are people that, are, and they're normally really fat women who have loads and loads of cuddly toys on their bed. They read these shitty magazines that are out there. I understand, yeah, but I understand. And, and all the rest of it, and they, there is a market for this dross, and it's a kind of self-perpetuating thing where, the pictures wouldn't exist out there if the people didn't want it, but the people aren't asking for it, but the pictures do exist. So, yeah, it's a load of shit. I know it's horrible. I, I, I think what we need to come to is, is is a general agreement that for human bodies in respect of your 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 flesh and everything else, so that's just not acceptable. If you're going out for a meal or whatever, that's not acceptable. If you're telling some people, paparazzi, that you're going out and you're doing a charity do and would they want it, if they want to come and take some pictures and blah, blah, then great. Okay, because you're getting out that you've done something nice and for all the poor taxpayers that keep you in this privileged lifestyle so that you can be completely fucking naive and wander around with nothing on, um, that, that you know, you're actually doing some minor benefit somewhere. But I'm sorry, I, I have absolutely zero sympathy for her personally. No, I have to, okay. So, okay. But, but sympathy aside, I don't agree with the invasion of privacy. I think one of the things that maybe is more interesting is that, you know, I don't know whether I speak for everyone, but I was a bit like, meh, so what? Yeah. It's another pair of breasts. Big deal. Yeah. I really don't care. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, but like you say, there's a lot of people who do care who are buying Hello and OK magazine and all that crap. It is, and do you know what the, the, the missus um, she bought her because it was the only magazine that they had on that on the flight. She's, uh, I, I we having so many arguments where she buys these the shit. Um, by the way, she's not fat and she doesn't have cuddly toys in her bed. There was just nothing else to buy, but she bought a copy. Of her <laughs> no, she and, just got something else fat and cuddly on her bed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bless me and my tummy. Um, is that the people in it, there's not anybody famous in it. They, they, nobody famous wants to be in those magazines. So they literally scour the, 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 the or, or scrape until they've gone through the bottom of the barrel, into the earth, through the earth's core, coming out into Australia and digging into a possum's arse. Some Lord Flontyfluck from somewhere or other is in it, and some other fuckwit, some has-been nobodies that are in there, and there's just pictures of nobodies in there. There is not a market. You you just need to fuck off and go and do something. Go and take pictures of rhinos on the Serengeti or something or other, or do something useful with your photography. Stop taking pictures, celebrities. No one gives a shit who's evolved past the stage of an amoeba. All right? Yep. <laughs> I'm so angry, isn't it? This rant's coming... Oh, and I hate to... I've hogged it again, haven't I? And I, I apologise. I, I just think she's... Incredibly naive, mate. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, no, that's fine. That's good. That's okay. Yeah, it's a good rant. It's, it's what we're all about. So, um, okay, well, let's move on then. Um, we're going to run over today, but I think we've earned it. So, we watched uh, The Hunger Games. On okay. to movies. 
movies. Yes. You told me you watched Hunger Games. I watched it a couple of weeks ago. I read the book as well. What, what did you make of the book, first of all? I found the book very consumable. I just read it. It was very easy read. It was entertaining. You know, pop, I, what I would probably call a popcorn book. You know, it was a um, entertaining, interesting story, colorful characters. I read it. I felt none the wiser nor enriched after I had done so. But, you know, it was all right. I read it in two sittings, probably. Oh, really? Yeah, my wife devoured all the books. She loved them. I read the one book and said, that's it. I'm done with it. Uh, So, yeah, it was all right. And so I thought I'd check out the film. um, And I found the film absolutely 100% underwhelming. It just did nothing for me whatsoever. Oh, dear. Well, the problem is when you have a fantasy environment, you know, and you've read the book and the book does, you know, this is the thing with the book. The book, there's no limitations to the book and the creativity and how much information it can feed you to build that world. Plus, your own imagination forms it into what you think it looks like. So... You know, whatever I think while reading the book, it all looks like is completely different from anyone else. You're forced to see what the film makers think it should be looked like. It looks nothing like what you think it looked like. None of the characters are anything like what you think about it. So, you know, it just... Uh, it's it's a difficult one, mate, on that one, because... Uh, I mean, I, I hadn't read the book. I mean, we, we just watched the film last night. I was downloading it in Greece through their kind of like... 28k modem wireless shitty thing that took about three days to download we finally ended up because it took so long to download we had to actually watch it at home and I, I, I kind of thought the premise was interesting and I won't be giving too much away just to explain to the listeners out there that basically the film's um, around oh um, mate don't worry about giving it away everybody's seen it or read it oh they are right well well the, the bottom line is is that that they're in the future um, they, they do a kind of like sacrificial thing to to, to remind themselves of how lucky they all are by taking all the peasants and basically making them run a gauntlet, 25 of them, and killing all the, killing each other. So they get all the little new little kids, send them out there, and um, they all basically have to kill each other until one person's standing. Um, yeah, the premise of the, the whole thing itself is pretty brutal, really, because it's all about kids killing each other. Yeah. I don't know what it's got to do with hunger. I never got what, what the why it was called the hunger. <laughs> I just thought I was trying to play on some sort of title that would perhaps think, oh, people think it would be interesting. Oh, it's about people starving themselves in some country or whatever, but it's got nothing to do with hunger. I think it's just call it the maiming games. You know. Yeah. So what I, I took from that film was just that they didn't have any budget. Um, the girl I thought was very good in it. I thought she had a good intensity in, in the role. Um... I, I liked her. I, 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 it suffered from the fact that if you don't give a background bit of information or you don't have a, a bit of a prologue to a story, don't expect people to uh, um, accept the fact that your daughter, that, that the two sisters, because basically the one that goes and ends up fighting in the Hunger Games takes the place of a younger sister. There, there was never any build-up of work why that relationship was so strong. It was always flashbacks that didn't really mean much to anybody. Um, yeah, you got that all that in the book, I think, and that's what this, you know, that's what it's missing, of course, when you do this. You know, that there's a, there was a lot more in the book about her relationship with her sister, her relationship with her mother. You know, that was all really weirdly done in the film. That was strange, work. wasn't it? Yeah, it's like she's you know, the father figure place, isn't she? 
Yeah, uh, you know, and then there's also a massive bit about the relationship with the guy she's hunting with at the start, you know, and I think he comes back more in the second books, maybe. Well, to be honest, mate, that was utterly, utterly pointless. All it had was him chucking lives to a couple of pigs. I kept thinking, well, why are you chucking the lives to a couple of pigs? And they, they took this No, stuff. not him. Not him. Do you remember at the start, she's going... Oh, the good-looking the- guy. Yeah. Yeah. So there's more to that, I think, that comes back. But, you know, I, I think the film catered a lot for everyone who'd read the book. So, um, yeah. The best unit was Woody Harlinson, but he he starts off an alcoholic, massive drinker, then suddenly sobers up and becomes their sort of mentor. I didn't get that. That was a complete change of characterization over the space of about 20 minutes. He starts off a drunk, doesn't give a shit. As soon as he gets to the new world, he's their greatest helper. He is their Yoda. You know, what was that about? Yeah, see, I think, again, that's all fleshed out a bit more. Those characters are much more fleshed out in the book. And you know. And the other thing I'll tell you what I didn't like was when she stuck up the tree and uh, she sees the hornet's nest, which is above everyone sleeping. There is no way, no possible way... That she could have sawed that off without those wasps going, hang on a second, someone's <laughs> sawing off our, our nest. <laughs> that was utter, utter <laughs> bobbins. No way. That, that was absolutely true, mate. And then she was hacking through it with a knife. I think she got stung twice, didn't she? Yeah, no one heard her down below going... <laughs> 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 just, and the thing yeah. was, was that... They said these are specially genetically modified wasps or hornets or whatever they are, incredibly aggressive, blah, 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 blah. You can die, you get hallucinations, all the rest of it. She only got hallucinations after she's actually done the act. They should have had her tripping out a little bit, showing everything, going down, wandering about a bit. You know, you know, yeah, it was hilarious, mate, and that didn't work. No. Anyway, I'm glad I did. Yeah, I... No. I. You know what? Film-wise... Marks out of ten. Six. Oh, I think that's pretty generous. No, okay, six. I'll it go with watchable. six. It's watchable. It's watchable, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, okay. But it's, you're none the richer for watching it. You know, and to be honest, the blonde-haired guy is the guy she keeps trying to sort of save and all the rest of it. Um, I didn't really care what happened to him. He was so irritatingly wussy that you just, you know, she needed uh, the other bloke in it. The big strong guy in it, so you had a bit of rooting for him, you know, and sort of say, "Go on, man!" But this other one was a weasel. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, okay, uh, so that's the Hunger Games. Um, can we? We'll go on to gaming quickly. Sure. And you haven't done any gaming, really, have you? I, I've been playing a couple of, of of games on on the on the iPad. Anybody out there knows I, I hate Apple, but seem to buy their products, um, and. There's a couple of things I'm playing on there, but nothing major, mate. How no. about you? Yeah, I've had a big week of gaming. I got, uh, I'm got i working my way through Darksiders, which is sort of a God of War meets Zelda-type crossover, which I've been really enjoying. Isn't that I've about also... 4.8 gig to download? I've seen that. No, no I bought it. That. No, I know, you, I know you've forgotten that there is a, a medium called Discs, but uh, yeah, I went and bought that. So I'm playing that on the Xbox. But now you're talking about downloading, and we did talk about that before. Um, I joined PlayStation Plus, so I took the uh, leap of faith on that, and I um, have been playing Pac-Man DX with the kids. 
we downloaded Little Big Planet 2, which was 4 gig. And my plan is to download Infamous 2, which I really want to play. But that's 15 gigs. So I'm not doing that until the end of the month when I can check my, my bandwidth limits. Um, that's a big download. But I loved Infamous, the first one, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, and what else? I think there's, uh, there's some I other stuff. I didn't rate st- Infamous, mate. I have to say, there's so much jumping around and... I couldn't get up half the buildings, and I uh, just didn't like it. Yeah, see, it took me a while to get into it, but once it grabbed me, I thought it was excellent. So, But the other thing that I have done, uh, I've just built a PC. So my intention is to... This is the first time ever, and I'm sure you have an opinion on this, but I actually have a modern PC now. Wow. So I built a PC... Um, and uh, I should be getting a graphics card for it in a couple of weeks and uh, we'll be up and running so there's a, uh, I could be going over to PC gaming for the first time well, the one thing I'd say mate if you really spec'd it up I mean, yeah it'll, it'll, it'll be fine yeah. Card and, yeah yeah, yeah I could, we could go into technical details but I'd just be lying pretending that I knew I had basically built from a spec that, uh, that uh, somebody had recommended so, um, yeah, it should be good to go. That's good. Yeah. And then Apple's I could do it. it together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> are you sitting comfortably? <laughs> Two hours later. Well, what got me about this is, you know, this is back to these things. That I, it, I put got all the stuff together for the PC. I put it all together got everything, you know, did a test build or whatever, and then it just wouldn't load. The BIOS saw the hard drive, but when I went to load Windows, it wouldn't see the hard drive to load Windows. I'm like, okay, what's wrong here? I ended up, you know, looking around on the Internet for people who'd had this similar problem, and 80% of answers pointed to a dead hard drive. So, okay, you know what, I'm going to cut my losses and just accept the fact that this hard drive is dead. I did do a test on it on another machine and nothing. So I bought another hard drive, put that in, the whole thing booted up. Fantastic. You know, so really it's going pretty smooth. And then I've got it all built. I know it works. So I take it upstairs and I go to put the wireless internet card in. And there you go. I can see the finish line. I can see it. But will the wireless card work? No. So... At 10 o'clock last night, I've literally been hacking through ductwork in the ceiling in the basement to run a cable up to this machine so that I could be on the internet today. I mean, how do you... i got to try and explain this to my wife when she says, oh, you know, you did well, yeah. But you might just want to not go down into the basement because the ceiling's missing and I'm running cables. I mean, there's got to be something wrong when you're starting to hack into the infrastructure of your house to go online. This should have been easy. Yeah. There's always something at the last hurdle. See, the thing that I can't really understand, mate, is that, and this is no disrespect to your obviously your your valiant efforts to to build a PC, and I and I I do commend that, but they're so cheap to buy. I mean, could you not have just bought one and just ramped it up? No, I would never have got what I've got um, for the price. Uh, I have a, a friend of mine help. You know, he's got a he works in the business, so. Um, you know, I got some great deals on the parts. There's no way I would get anywhere, anything off the shelf for this price. So it was worth doing, and I wanted to do it as a challenge. I've always wanted to build a PC, and I've done it. It's built. I'm sitting here. I'm working on it. It works. So, uh, yeah, 
you know. But anyway, so yeah, that's my plan is to get into some PC gaming, you know, get onto Steam and all that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, nothing's easy. I think I finally got it all sorted out last night at about sort of eleven o'clock. So, what, what um, operating system have you used? Windows Seven. Oh, Seven. Because yeah. Steam have have monumentally the head man actually, who who used to be a Microsoft guy actually, has slated. Um, Windows 8 as a platform for, for building anything on um, uh, purely on the basis I think he sees it as like a kind of like a Windows Vista um, coming round again that Steam are now looking at looking at Linux and stuff like that to actually build their, their, their games on um, an interesting review that we should really approach is the Half-Life to have done an expansion a little add-on thing, couple of well, yeah, episodes. the black Mesa. yeah, black Mesa, and this is um, what I'm really looking forward to playing. I mean, it's free. Um, everyone's saying it's excellent, you know. So why miss out on that? Absolutely. Um, and to be honest, yeah. that's where it originally started. Half Life. I remember playing it on the PC thing that's fantastic, and then you know, years later, people were going on about how good it was on the on the console platforms. Thinking, well, I'm a snob. I've already played that. Which yeah. Yeah, so I'll get my video card for that, and then we'll be up and running. So this machine will handle it. It'll be great. Um, but yeah, we jumped straight from... I've used XP. I still use XP at work. We were using XP here, and we've just jumped straight from XP to um, Windows 7. And uh, That's what a surprised, jump as well, mate. Yeah, and what surprised me was it almost seems like XP. I hadn't expected that. I was almost expecting something that looked completely different, but it's almost like XP in terms of... It's look. I have to say that when well, Microsoft should have been commended for for XP. They've come under a lot of slatings for a lot of their platforms. But anybody in the old days, this is not to go too nerdy, but hopefully we have some nerdy people out there remember remember Windows NT, and that was wonderfully stable as well. And then you started getting like Windows 98 Second Edition, and all those sorts of stuff was coming out, and it was rubbish. And then Windows Vista, which was so bad. Can't describe it. I've got it on, on on a laptop. It's just the worst. But Windows Seven seems to be pretty good. So I think you know. Yeah, my dad asked me to troubleshoot his PC. I think he's running Vista. I have no idea what's going on on it. Finding my way around is a nightmare. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd get him to upgrade, mate. If you can get get, oh. get him off there. Well, yeah, we'll see. It's easier said than done. Parents and PC support. That would be something for another day. So. But uh, we'll see. So anyway, we're um, we're plodding along here. Uh, should we wrap it up? Yeah, I think it's been it. Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'm just going to go over um, a couple of things. First of all, we had uh, a message from Tara who said, uh, "Where is it? Uh, love your theme song and the story about the sunglasses at the flea market was great. Keep up the good work." That was your rant about uh, sell- trying to give away the um, ski goggles. Oh, so the woman that, that said what was wrong with them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so so that was good. Um, and we also received an email from Jason. Um, actually, this one might just take up a bit of time, but that's okay. We'll give him his dues. He took the time to write in. Uh, hey, fellas, here's a rant. Today I decided to run along the canal for a few kilometers. He's already on a bad one there, runners. Um, sun was shining, exchanged some good mornings with old people on the way. Old people. Uh, all was good. Then the twats started to come out of the woodwork. Groups of women taking up the whole towpath for their witches' meetings. <laughs> <laughs> Twatty dog owners. 
I don't know if he's doing himself much fav- many favours in this one. No, I but like his cut of his jib. You like the cut of his jib? Twatty dog owners letting their scruff hounds run in the way. Kids shouting some crap about me running, even though the lazy shites haven't moved off the sofa in months. And the number one twat of the day, yes, you, Mr. Angler, a.k.a. Fishing Twat. Many thanks for laying your stupid fishing pole across the path when I'm trying to run. If I wanted to do the hurdles, I'd let you know. Next time you'll be waddling your fat arse home with the damn thing up your left nostril. Rant over. Thanks for reading. I like it. Yeah, that's a good rant. Yeah. Get angry, mate. Witches meetings. Twatty dog owners. He's got it all in there. I like that one. Scruff hounds. Scruff hounds. He defended everyone in there. I like fishing. So, um, but, uh, hey, and I don't... (laughs) He's got everything. He's got that's a good mixed bag, man. He's got joggers, dog owners. Uh, yeah, it's a good one. So, um, yeah, my my advice, Jason, don't run anymore. No, I would run, mate. I don't like fishing. It's a very dull, pointless thing to do unless you're out there trawling the the oceans and being a man sitting there with a pole between your legs um, for hours on end. Something quite phallic and quite Freudian in that, I think. Yeah, I guess. That's uh, fly fishing. I can I can understand that. I just don't. Oh, get don't there be in so a tent. Pompous. No, there's romantic kind of imagery, isn't there? Yeah. No, there isn't. Morning, the sun behind you. It's no, waiters. you know what? The only difference between fly fishing and normal fishing is that just it's just a little bit more. Yeah, the pictures are nicer, you know. And you're Mate, walking. Fly water. fly fishing is a pair of Adidas shell tones. Fishing is a pair of Reebok specials, right? You just get some chav there in the morning, tattoos, he's rolled up in his teeth. Uh, well, she's probably creating an image a bit like you. Um, by the <laughs> <laughs> Sitting there by some dank old smelly old pond that's had half of Thames Water's sewage pumped into it, allegedly, um, to get a sort of brown pike. Yeah, well, fishing over here is not really quite the same. I get we have we well, let's not go there. No, be snobby. Let's just say I think fishing can is probably nice. You've got some beautiful areas to go fishing. We have people fishing in sort of gravel pits and stuff like that. It's just grim. Yeah, no, well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, so. just be snobby, mate. Be ruthless. I've just tried to get rid of half of their old old population in this rant. I've ranted about all of the airlines because they're all shit. Get get grumbly. I am grumbly. More grumbly. Yes, <laughs> grumbly is the guy that wrote in. I like his grumble. Jason, yeah, Joe. It's a good one from Jace, yeah. Um, okay, and I also wanted to say thank you to, and this was a great one. I don't what um, we had a uh, an endorsement from Stuart on the Veteran Gamers podcast. He actually took time out and talked about our podcast on there, uh, and he said he liked it. Honestly, I, it was like being. Uh, acknowledged by royalty. I was very excited. And uh, he was also good enough to give us some tips on um, on recording or whatever. But yeah, he gave us a glowing endorsement. So thank you very much for that. And then likewise, if you're into gaming, there's a, that's a very good gaming uh, podcast, The Veteran Gamers. I've got a very uh, good if- website. They have an excellent website. And I'll tell you what was funny as well. is he talked to the, there's, there's three of them on the show. And uh, have you listened to it yet? Okay, can I just give my feedback on that? Just quick, because you know I've got an opinion on everything. I yeah. think you should just be two of you on that. that. There's so many voices going on at the same time. It's like having me and then having three more of me talking at the same time. 
I like I think what they're talking about, but they just it's, it's, it's a lot of sound effects as well. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, so there's our opinion. Axe one of your guys. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Nate. It was very kind of you to take the time out for that, and I, we, we do appreciate it. I, I do. I'm just a miserable shit. Uh, and yeah. But you know what was funny? You know what I really liked about that is when Stuart said, uh, you know, oh, yeah, well, they talk about this and they talked about, you know, how much they don't like cats. Then that's it. Everyone was off. Oh, I don't like cats either. Yeah, no fucking cats. So, um, yeah, the power of uh, some of these topics, they're pretty um, very unifying or maybe dividing. But in that case, it was quite unifying, which I found funny. So um, uh, that was good. And uh, should we ever... um, see one of us away maybe we should get a guest at some time one of those guys i'm sure could do it um, yeah. so that was good thank you very much for that and uh that's pretty much me done with the thanks and the shout outs and uh anything from yourself uh, yeah no i, I just for, for, for next week's rants a couple of topics my, my um my airport rant was going to go into a completely other field and it's expats as well in, 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 in foreign countries. Um, I'd like, like to have myself. A yeah. I, and I, oh, yeah. Come on. Bring it. That's, I think, is definitely a topic for next week. I'd like, to, if you can, get the opportunity, and I'd say that this is more of a man's film, obviously, because it's got Jason Statham and a woman's film. But I think, you know, you, you, your wife might like it. If you can see Safe with the Stath, um for review next week, I think that would be good, mate. Okay. I think we'll have a little bit more of a talk about Apple because um, the new uh, iPhone 5 is out. Um, I think that's definitely worth a rant because there were 1,300 people queuing for a day and night to buy the new iPhone 5. Um, sad, sad. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine how you can get that excited about a phone. Oh, mate. But that's another wrap. That that's for next week. But yeah, just thanks for listening, guys. Do send emails in. Do do touch base. Do do listen to this. Um, I rant too much. I apologise. Yeah, yeah, and if you sent Jeremy an email, you, you did, I didn't have time to check his email, so we'll we'll yeah. pick up on that one next week. If you did, yeah, anything be... offensive, just send it. We can just start ranting by email if you like. Yeah, and What's hopefully this uh, we just tried this this week is recording uh, a different way. So I hope the quality is all right. If not, then we'll back to the drawing board and we'll see what happens for next week. But it took me four or five hours. That's a rant in itself about how long it took me to edit the last episode. So um, it wasn't even that good last episode, was it? Let's be honest. Anyone uh, out there? Sorry. Yeah. Well, that happens. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, that's it then. Um, we'll get together next week and um, thank you Jeremy thank you very much guys and thank you Fraser okay mate take care cheers then Mm-hmm.